Hello listeners, this is Lee Price. This is Will Ford from Football365. And you're listening, smartly, to At, At The, the Bridge, Bridge Pod, Pod, a Chelsea, Chelsea FC podcast. podcast, although I would describe it as THE Chelsea FC Podcast. It's time for another episode of At The Bridge Pod, your number one Chelsea FC podcast. Coming up on this episode, we actually have a positive episode ahead. We won a damn game. Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of At The Bridge Pod. I'm joined in a virtual room filled with champagne and lions. Oh, Ollie, Berth and Chris and a bottle of bubbly. Uh, Before we talk all things Chelsea, what were your highlights apart from Chelsea? From the weekend. Ooh, I, had a, I, I, am, had, I had quite an interesting weekend. I um I, I've started playing uh <laughs> Lego Harry Potter. Uh nice. and, it's, and it's literally had me completely enthralled all weekend. I've literally not put it down. It's been so much fun. Love. I've I've got I've got Hogwarts I've got Hogwarts Legacy in the mail, so I'm waiting for that to arrive. Can't wait to just actually have an Xbox game to actually uh, spend time on. But oh, what what about you, Berth? Um, yeah, I went to watch the new Guardians of the Galaxy film. Um, Did you enjoy it? Cried my eyes out for about two and a half hours. Oh um, no! It was uh, it was absolutely fantastic. Probably the best thing we've watched. Ooh. What about you, Chris? Wow. Um, I got to see Berth on Sunday. Yeah, actually, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. me and Chris. That was, my other, that was my highlight. <laughs> oh man! Well, that, you know, what, can can we edit out the bit about the Guardians bit? I'll just say my highlight seeing Chris on Sunday as well. That's oh, so brilliant. We're a brilliant. family here at the Bridge Pod. We <laughs> really are. To be fair, mine was gonna be Leon versus Montpellier. It was that that was a game that saw two players score four goals each. Leon were they were four one down, and they came back to win five four. But that that was just boring compared to Argentina, which I only found out about this morning. So River Plate, they beat Boca Juniors 1-0 thanks to a Borgia 90th minute penalty. But this game saw nine yellow cards and seven red, including the coaches, along with a huge mass brawl that was retweeted on our feed. So check that out, listeners. Um, we hate to see those scenes. No, we don't. You, of course we don't, man. <laughs> you you cannot be uh, you you cannot beat South American football. I please. mean, it's bloody wild the way it ended a game. I mean, the referees handed out more cards than you get on your birthday. And there's there's former United man and current Boca keeper Sergio Romero. He finds himself in a bit of a you know a scuffle with several River players. He's backed by some of his teammates and the poor referee. He's doing his best to calm the situation down. He spoilers he doesn't. And the brawl just snowballs to include medical staff, coaches, and it's a proper WWE Royal Rumble. And, oh, well, this is going on. Completely not bothered at all. Is Borgia just continuing to celebrate alone? He's he's basking in the ambience of scoring a winner in a huge game. He doesn't. He's not getting involved in the fight. That's, that's brilliant. That's true shithousery, that is. I, I, I watched it. the video you, you sent through to us on our little group chat, and it, it was carnage. It's so much fun to watch football sometimes. That's going to be you know, our new you know, uh, though, Go on. You, you'll get people uh, on Twitter saying, oh, there's no room for this in, in sports. There is. I, there is. I'm, <laughs> yeah, I'm there is. all here for a ruck or a fight or someone just going psycho on someone. I, I'm all here for it. it it's brilliant. <laughs> it's wicked. As long as oh, no one gets hurt, exactly. I'm all here for it. Yeah. Right. We are going to, like, like that brawl yesterday, we're going to hit some news from the weekend. 
So, first up to the plate, oh, I get to play it. There's Thorgan and there's Eden, they've never played for Sweden, the Hazard family. And that is because Eden Hazard is seriously, seriously considering hanging up his boots and retiring next summer when his Madrid contract ends. That's according to Relivo. I can't blame him. It'd be a shame. Do you think he really will do it? He may well. It's sad, though, isn't it, to see what he... He had all the potential in the world. He had the world at his feet, really, when he went to when he went to Madrid, and it just it just didn't work out for him for whatever reason, injuries or maybe just his age slightly catching up with him in the end. I don't know. It just it just yeah, it's sad to see. Thirty three will be next season when his contract ends. What are you thinking, uh, Berthier? I think yeah, I can see that happening. I think the problem with Hazard is is that. His mindset has always stopped him from being one of the best in the world. Naturally, mm-hmm. he is one of the best, but I think his mindset is he just wants to enjoy his football. And I'm sure for the past couple of years, he probably hasn't enjoyed it due to injuries um, and this and that probably off the pitch. He probably hasn't enjoyed it. He probably doesn't enjoy it anymore. Um, and I don't think he's one of these people that would go into management or, or anything like that or punditry. I think he'd just want to retire and then just sort of, go wherever, live wherever and have a nice, peaceful life away from football. Um, so I, I can see it happening when he uh, when he's out of contract. Would you bring him back, Chris? Uh, not now, no. I don't oh. think so. It's, it's, it is, it's such a shame. And it, it's, he's another sort of Fernando Torres story where he just never recovered from that ankle break. And then, mm. wasn't there something about they put metal plates in his ankle, but there wasn't, Right, so he had to have them tucked back out or replaced. I think or they were like they were limiting his his movement, and once they yeah, when they took it. them out, it they, it made it a bit better. But then it just it he kind of just never kicked on. It's a real shame, isn't it? Because you just think because Berth's right about his mentality. If he had been one of you know one of the few that are more like a like a Ronaldo or a Mudrick kind of mentality, like pushing all the time for the next best thing, you know, he, he would have won. I don't know. He could have won a few Ballon d'Ors in a row. Uh, you know, he, he did easily. win. He's won six trophies in seventy-five Real Madrid games. That's so not his trophies per game ratio is pretty damn good. Um, Pierre Emerick Aubameyang is going to leave Chelsea this summer. This was according to Fabrizio Romano. Barcelona are open to the signing, but depends on FFP, and he has to be signed on a free with a reduced salary. Over the weekend, a TikTok went viral where Albert said that he'd love to return to FC Barcelona, but we will see. Uh, I mean, for me, I mean, I don't know how you feel, but for me, for him to publicly state this, especially during this tragedy of the season, kind of confirms what Mikel Arteta stated about him and his attitude toward the game. I mean, he came in and I did want him to do well as any sign-in that we sign, you know, but it's just been a dreadful deal for all parties involved, apart from Barcelona. You know, they got paid. They're going to win La Liga. But... Look, he's 33. He no longer benefits from that advantage of pace that made him effective in the Premier League. And he'd probably do better in a league with the more open defence. And that's going to be La Liga, isn't it? So I don't know how you feel on this, if it's exaggerated, this reaction over what he did. So, uh, I mean, it might, it might sound like I'm speaking in hindsight, but I promise I'm really not. The second that we lost Tuchel, I knew it would be a disaster. Yeah, I was just thinking that. <laughs> Because, mm. you know, the second he went, there's no reason, like the reason he literally came to the club is no longer here. So he's not going to care, is he? Uh, it just goes to show like, you know, he's been one of those few who's, I don't know, he just seems to be a bit of a, 
not a troublemaker, but someone who doesn't really put all of his effort in. And I don't think we need him around the club. I, I think for the same reasons that he left Arsenal, he'll leave us. That's fair. Yeah, that's fair. I think, I think as well, though, like in his defense, slightly, uh, I do think sometimes fans are a little bit hypocritical when it comes to stuff like that because him publicly stating that he wants to go back to Barcelona would be wrong if the club had treated him well, but he hasn't been handled brilliantly by the club either. So, But if the club I, treated him well, he wouldn't want to go. Yeah, exactly. So it's one of them, isn't it, where you can yeah. kind of understand why he said it. It's like it was just one of those moves that didn't work for the club, didn't work for him. I haven't particularly got a problem with him saying he wants to go back to Barcelona because we all know he's going to leave. We all yeah, know he I doesn't particularly care. It's the people saying it's one that, of them. like it's disrespectful or whatever. Like I think to a certain degree, it's disrespectful what's happened to his career. You know, like being yeah, at Chelsea. Exactly. So it's, it's fair enough if he wants to go. Like he, he's got my my absolute blessing. And finally, we have a Pochettino update and that's he's identified a new goalkeeper a central midfielder and a number nine as the three positions he'd ideally look to strengthen at Chelsea this summer well, that's a shocker and he ideally wants to add players with Premier League pedigree to his Chelsea squad another shock that uh, and it will he will join Chelsea on the understanding that the first concern is to offload players in order to make the squad more manageable I mean those are three huge shockers for me I mean I don't know how you're feeling <laughs> I mean, it's, I just the it's, same, a... it's the same headlines we've been hearing for ages, just all at once. <laughs> what do you think, Perth? Yeah, actually, like, I mean, it's got to be quality over quantity in the summer. Um, uh, it don't take a genius to work that one out. It don't take a genius to work out what we need in the summer. Um, so this isn't really much news. Obviously, Pochettino's name is on it. We know he's coming in. It's At this point, I think we could sort of make up the news ourselves and it'd be right, so... Yeah, I mean, Chris, all, all, go on. Sorry, just real quick. I know you, you were saying, Berth, that he's definitely coming in. Is it? Is it not slightly a concern the fact that there's reports that we're still looking? You know, like we're still on the managerial search, and he hasn't come in yet. Even though there's no I, nothing's I, been agreed. I, I mean, uh, I'm not no. concerned. I'm not no, concerned. No, I think. Do you know? Stupidly, do you know what the one thing I think was holding it up? In case, we went down, in case we went down. Oh, and then, I knew it was coming. Because I, did, I know... That's fair uh, enough, uh, isn't it? Re- uh, yeah, d- because realis- realistically, it wasn't going to happen. But <laughs> let's face it, until this weekend, it, it mathematically, it was still possible. So it is one of them where if you are Pochettino, you're not going <laughs> to sign a contract and then all of a sudden we're in the championship. Right. Yeah. Uh, Football's a funny game like that, isn't uh, it? You uh, never know. Uh, yeah. I wouldn't be shocked if it got fast tracked now and he was sort of announced by the end of the week. That that's a good segue for the Monday game review, sponsored by all we do is win, 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 no matter what. You know, dudes, we can keep those hats in the air because Connor Gallagher's smooth header from an Engolo Kante cross gave the match the perfect start on a Saturday afternoon. However, those hopes that everything would go smoothly from there on were, were dashed, weren't they, when Mateus Vigna curled in a quality equaliser halfway through the first half. And as a result, despite some promising attacks in which Noni Madueke frequently overpowered that left side of the Bournemouth defence, the score remained level at the half. But we were grateful for an outstanding tackle by Thiago Silva to stop our former blue, Dominic Solanke, from giving the home team the lead. Chelsea kept up that strong display to start the second half. After more chance at both ends, Benoit Badiashil guided in his first Chelsea goal and then Jao Felix scored four minutes later to put the finishing touches on this victory over the Cherries. 
Lampard subs throughout the second half had the desired impact. Sadly, of course, Ben Chilwell's late game hamstring injury was the only graffiti on our otherwise perfect performance. I'm opening it up with our man, who I know had a smile on his face throughout the game. Chris, how did you feel? Um, really well until the second until the second goal, the the body shield goal. It was a very Chelsea performance again. I thought it was quite cagey at times. I yeah, I I thought the the one difference I would say was players was taking more risks in terms of. Uh, dribbling at players, being prepared to go 1v1 against defenders. People like Gallagher getting into the box to to score, I think was the main difference. Defensively, we looked to shambles at times. So like, we made Bournemouth look like Barcelona. It, some of their football was really good, to be fair. But defensively, we didn't look great. I, I think it was the same midfield problems we've been having for a while. Uh, but... It was just one of them games where we just needed a win. And that's what we got. I think 3-1 probably flattered us a little bit. But you know what? They was The third goal especially was actually a really well-crafted goal and the sort of goal we haven't really seen a score for a while. Um, even Sterling taking that ball on the turn and driving into the penalty area to open up the space for Felix was something we don't we haven't been seeing so that was a real positive i thought lampard with the subs did get a little bit lucky though because <laughs> to honestly when when he brought aspilicueta on in at left back i thought what are we doing here one one with bournemouth <laughs> and you're bringing on aspilicueta it was oh my god and then and ziak you know, as well yeah I mean, to be fair, Ziyech got the assist for the Badish Shield goal, so it worked good, out in had, the end. Yeah, but... he had a he had an excellent cameo. It's just like yeah. you wouldn't advise it, would you? No, you know, I, it, was, I was. It was risky subs. I don't I, think anyone was buzzing about the subs coming on. I was quite bloody pissed when I saw Frank subbing off Madaweko for Ziyech. I mean, it was the grumpiest yeah. face I've pulled yeah. since our last game. But hey, he gave his everything at this game, and I was pleased to be humbled. Uh, what do you think, Berth, of of this result? Yeah, well, we're staying up now, so that's always we a good are. Song. We are staying up. Yeah. That is confirmed. <laughs> All done. We can celebrate. Nothing quite like oh, yeah. confirming survival. Exactly. <laughs> no. We we have, after, we're back. After spending six hundred million, it is good that we can find so we we have survived. Fairy tale um, stuff. Yeah, I think we've. Um, it was a good second half performance. I thought the subs played well. I was a bit skeptical of the subs. I thought it was bringing Ziyech on for Madueke. I thought was fantastic again. He looked like a real bright spark and it's, I think when we play wingers, we are just far more creative, which sounds obvious, but you haven't been playing with them recently. So, but I, th- I think when Mudrick and Madueke start, um, it's that extra bit of pace that we sometimes lack, I feel. Um, I think Conor Gallagher, you can see why Lampard likes him because he, he arrives late in the box. He, he's sort of energetic, you know, he, he will get you a goal. Um, I've never not been his biggest fan, Conor Gallagher, but it's a great header, great movement. Um, the only the only downside really is Chilwell's injury, but I think mm. overall it, it's it is a good performance. Don't forget, Bournemouth have been on a bit of a roll recently, and Gary O'Neill has done a fantastic job there. Um, and again, I, I think Badiashiel is uh, he's got to start now to the end of the season. I think he's he's justified his price tag already. Um, and if he carries on next season, the way he's played this season, I, I think thirty million for him is uh, an absolute bargain, really. I mean, as always, I was shopping during 
in the game, but only for the first half. So when I had my phone drop the notification, uh, we, there was a goal. I, I was I was putting my shopping on the conveyor belt. I did that mini celebration with my fist, you know, you make when when Connor had scored. And, and the lady behind me just looked at me as to think I was high, or maybe just maybe she just thought he's really excited to get thirty percent off his uh, mince beef. It's hard to tell. Flipping egg, he's he's got such a good deal there with his club card. <laughs> yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh, the thing is, of course, Premier League football confirmed for next season. We had some laughs about relegation, but but that's done dusted. Now, they're being serious. My man, Noni Madaweke, he was just world bloody class. He dominated Bournemouth. His hunger is just, it's just so inspiring. And we we need more of that at the moment within our squad. He's clearly an elite dribbler. And with time, I feel he'll figure out that final pass. He's, he's really exhibiting the signs of a proper baller that we purchased from PSV. It's a shame, obviously, he hasn't been given enough playing time to show more quality and adapt. And Ollie's man, Badia Shill, first goal for the club. His distribution was just so damn good in the game. Always looking to pass forward through the lines. Love that. Enzo, another top quality game. And under the right coach, Poch, maybe. Could be our midfield general leading the lines for years to come. What did you make of Badia Shill and um, Enzo in this game, guys? I want to talk on Badia Shill real quick because I don't think... I bet you do. I don't think it's much of a surprise that he started, Mudrik started, Noni started, and we won. Mm. You know, I I don't think it's. I think some people like to talk about tactic tactics and stuff, and it and it is important. Don't get me wrong, but at the end of the day, if you're playing your best players, you're more likely to win than not. And we haven't been playing our best players recently. Like you know, we've been saying a lot of the lineups Lampard's been putting out has been from confusing to laughable. You know, uh, so it's really nice to see some players who you know finally gets finally get a game on merit and really prove that they've done you know that really take their opportunity it's just a shame like you say Mikey that it's already the end of the season and we don't get an opportunity to see for much longer what some of them can do until next season now Mm. what do you think Chris I do think with those players they they just need all of them, even even Badisha, who has been brilliant since he came in, there are still elements in his game where he looks a little bit rash and looks a little bit uh, caught out positionally. I just think they need to be coached. I think that's the key. I think with you know, you look at, I think Mudrick especially looks like someone who needs coaching. Uh, Madueke needs coaching in the final bit. His approach is really good, but it's the final part that he he gets wrong a lot. I just think they need coaching. But I, I look at the wingers especially and I think they really need someone to play off. Like, I think if you put if you put a Giroud in, in our team, I think you see better from Madueke and, uh, uh, and Mudrick. Someone to... And Felix, the ball. I think. I, I think yeah. Felix. Yeah, exactly. Someone yeah. to bounce the ball off because there was times where they was looking for that, but Kai Havertz was, you know being a ghost or stood in midfield. There was no one to 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 play the ball off for them to get in behind. I just think if we can if we can get the recruitment right and then these players can be coached properly. And I do think Potocino is a good coach for that, uh, for players of that age and their sort of profile. I do think we'll see a, a massive improvement in our team next year. I, I think we all have to expect a marked improvement next season, though, as well. You know, I think it's 
it's all well and good saying we need to see improvement. We know that. I think we should, sorry, it, we should see improvement. We need to see improvement, you know, yeah. because this season it's been, it's been tough. I think a lot of people have, you know, me included have really struggled mentally, you know, like not doing so well in the Premier League, just when you're used to it and you, and it doesn't happen. And so it's, I think next season, every, every ounce of effort has to be going towards this never happening again. I mean, there's some negatives from the game and uh, what one's been mentioned by you three before on this show, teams have a bit of a consistent trend of scoring top class goals against us. Now, this cannot be a coincidence, I feel. I'll rewind back to a comment Ollie made. Teams know about Kepa and I do believe the shoot on sight from distance to test him is true. I mean, what do you think, Berth, on that? Uh, I get that point, but I think... I don't think he could have done anything about the goal that Bournemouth scored. Um, I actually agree with you. I'm one of Kepa's biggest critics, but I actually thought the goal was very well worked and it, the way they shifted the ball for, um, so quickly basically made it so it was really hard for Kepa to set himself quickly. And that's why he looks out of position because it, I think it was a good goal. It, oh. it is a very good goal. and But I think... The problem doesn't actually stem just from Kepa and long shots. I think far too many teams get that space to have a long shot, which I think yeah, also needs field, really yeah. looking at. Mm. Yeah, and, and that's been a problem for a good two, three years, not just because of Kepa. I mean, yeah, you could say he could save some of them. He definitely couldn't save the one against Bournemouth, but I think it's been a long-standing problem that teams are getting too much space in that midfield area, just in between the midfield and the defence. So yeah. that needs really looking at more than anything. Uh, yeah. They just get played round too easy, our midfield. I think that's that's the problem. They're always a yard short of getting to the path, getting to the ball. Like they're they're almost semi pressing, but without fully committing. But they just sort of move into no man's land and teams just pop it round them like they're not really there. None of them really cover each other very well. I just think it it comes from not having like proper partnerships in there as well. Like we've seen before, uh, it must have been twenty twenty one. How well Jorginho and Kovacic played together because they played relatively consistently together, so they knew each other's game and. You've seen a partnership develop, and for a long time, they was our our two main midfielders while Kante mm. was was out injured, and I, it was a partnership that did work. And I just think we are missing that because it's been too much swap and change, and I think that's part of you know the whole let's get rid of some players because if you've got thirty three players to pick from, it's too easy to rotate all the time. Really, you want a smaller first team squad that's bulked out by youth players. So you're not tempted to change the team all the time. And that's what, if you look at the teams in the top four now, that's what they all have. They have consistent starting 11s where they're making maximum two changes a game. Like, they're not making like we do six or seven. Well, we yeah, have, the, it, we have the depth, don't we? Yeah. But the, uh, like, like Chris says, I think the depth is actually to our detriment at times because mm. Every time a player has a bad game, we all go, well, we've got a perfectly good person on the bench who, yeah. you know, we've bought for a lot of money, could do yeah. it, you know, in the same position. Why don't they have a go instead, you know, seeing as this person seems to be not doing so well. Mm. And if you've got a young, you know, say say if you have a youth player as that, you, as that option instead, the quality is less, but actually you get more of a consistency from your own first player who be, because they get to... 
I'm not explaining it well, but because they're playing more regularly, when they have a bad game, they're not worried about getting dropped. Yeah, I'll follow it. Yeah, you know, for, for sure. Uh, I mean, so, uh, yeah. I mean, we moved to the emoji game review. Now, for me, for me, it's a partying face for real dudes, for real. I mean, I had a good I had a good little playlist on from DJ Khaled, Call on the Gang, Daft Punk, as the listeners will have seen on our Instagram. I mean, to have that winning feeling back in my veins, it just felt good, man. What about yourselves? Yeah, yeah. Um, are, we, are we going for the emojis straight away or are we? Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to go with. You know the the stars in the eyes. Oh, love! That. Because we've yeah. seen a we've seen a glimpse, and it was only a glimpse. It was <laughs> of of what some of these players could do. Hmm. I'm hmm. um I'm gonna go for I'm gonna kind of go the same uh, route as Chris. Um, I'm gonna go for the face. It's like a smiley face, but you know when like um his eyes are like closed. It's really hard to explain it. <laughs> like, it looks like his eyes are closed, but he's like really excited. He's like really happy. Do you know what? The best part of emoji review is watching birth, like listening trying to, to work trying, out an emoji, <laughs> trying to <laughs> explain what emojis it's, look like. It's, it's, oh, the re- it's really quite a hard emoji. You know what? Fuck it. I'm not even going to pick that one. That's just too hard to explain. Yeah. Um, it's, I'm, I'm, Oh, I've, I'm just, I've go, just found I've just found it, Berth. I know which one you want about. Yeah, right. You talk, <laughs> okay, sorry, sorry, Chris. Try and explain it then. See if you can do it, a better job than me. It's like he's. It's almost like they're laughing and smiling at the same time. Oh, okay. In it, pain, a lot of pain there. No, 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 you, no, no pain. You know, what? no, fuck it. Chris, shut up, shut up, shut up. I'm just going smiley face. Wait, end the segment. What about segment? Oh, what, what about you, Ollie? What's your emoji? Uh, just quite a simple one from me. Thumbs up. Uh, you know, because it was, a, it was a decent performance and a win the, the reason it's no more than that and I don't want to hype it more than that is because we've seen already this season and in seasons gone by it's the most Chelsea thing in the world to have mm-hmm. a performance like this and then absolutely stink up the gaff on the next oh, game yeah. for, sure. So I'm, for sure so I'm, I'm not handing out any flowers or any praise until we can see uh, some slightly more consistent results right we yeah. do have time for a Monday hot take Oh, we don't have those often, too often. And is it going to be as hot as a Carolina Reaper pepper or a complete load of trash? Now, this is going to be fun because this week we are heading to Talk Sport because Gabby. <laughs> I can tell you already. <laughs> well, Gabby and Bonlahore had this to say about Mason Mount. He scored 27 goals and 129 appearances. Come on. So He's not fantastic, is he? Let's be honest here. He's a fantastic. He's a great player. Come on. The stats stats show that he's not. He's 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 an okay player, but he's not doing outstanding. How many goals has Jack Grealish scored? How many goals has Jack Grealish scored? I haven't got them stats in front of me. Well, get them in front. Mason Mount, in my opinion, and a lot of people agree with me. Mason he's attacking midfielder. He's an attacking midfielder. So exactly. So he should be scoring goals. You can't get his goal stats up and say, "Oh, all of a sudden Mason Mount's not good enough because he's only got." So you think twenty-seven goals? Twenty-seven goals is enough? For for and he's got. You know, it's what he brings to the team as well. What he says that people look up to him. Odegaard's got fourteen goals in one season. Ten, Gabby. What 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 do we think to this? I can't believe I'm about to say this. Right, I cannot believe I'm about to say this. Jamie O'Hara, I agree with you. <laughs> oh, oh well, I thought the gavel was going to be down, but no, nothing. That's a fair point. I mean, no, no, no. Gabby Bonahor is talking a load of bollocks, really. <laughs> I can name so many creative midfielders: Modric, Cruz, Xavi, 
Iniesta, oh, oh, oh. all them creative players. Well, Jack Green, Jamie Horace said Jack Green, who's played on the wing for Man City, arguably the best team in the world at the minute. He probably hasn't got as many goals in the Premier League as Mason Mount has. Well, in the past couple of seasons. So what I don't get what he's trying to say there, Gabby Bono. I don't know what his argument is. I think he's trying to tell is us it, that Mason Mount's a little bit shit. Well, I, do you he, know he's, what? He's chatting shit because he's a great player, <laughs> right? And, and stats do not matter. Watch the game. Watch the game. He's one of our best players. Eden Hazard, right? It's always compared to Alexis Sanchez, Mo Salah. And I'll tell you what, Eden Hazard is a better player than both of them. The other two are probably better goal scorers, but as a football player, incredible and better than both of them. Mason Mount is an incredible football player. And Gabby Bonlahor, who himself was average, is talking once again bollocks. <laughs> yeah, that, that's as good a, a way as I could I could even you know start to put it. The way I like to think about it, whenever Gabby Bonlahor has a footballing opinion, is that. You know, I wouldn't trust footballing. Uh, I wouldn't trust building advice from a builder whose house had fallen down. So I'm not going to trust football advice from Gabby at Bonglaw. Do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, yes. I see what you mean. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Anything to add, Chris, before we move to the lion? No, I told you it was trash before I even heard it. <laughs> I mean, it's fair. It is fair. It's fair. Talk sport. It's oh just, uh... dear. Oh, right. Here we go. We move to. The Lion of the Week. And from Friday, Berth wasn't here, so he had Bettinelli. It was a good shout, Berth, but you didn't play. It was brave. It was a brave move. Um, I had my man, Madueke. Chris had Mudrick. And Ollie, Ollie had Badia Shield. Well, for me. (laughs) We did it! I I thought we got two out of three, though. Yeah, Mudrick, I thought we did Mud- well. Yeah. Mud- Mudrick was shit again. He wasn't great, was he? <laughs> he wasn't no, great. He really, he really wasn't. He's right. struggling at the moment. He just does need that coaching, doesn't he? Yeah. He does. Right, time for a new segment. It's the final one of the show. We like to call No Dumb Questions, inspired by the New Heights podcast. It's a segment where you listeners can ask us anything, literally anything. How to cook the perfect rack of ribs, what car you should buy next, or something about anything. I don't know. I've chosen a few. Now, 505 Roots has asked, why is English football better than American football? Well, it isn't. So uh, the team, the team, see, hear that. Hear the the lions are about to maul me for that one. Uh, it just it just is better. It's not stop start. It's just <laughs> I, th- I think it's just more exciting. Uh, I'm not knocking American football. The answer to this is English football <laughs> is over before you've aged too much. American football, like you can literally feel yourself aging while you're watching it. It's that long. Oh, you know, the the thing for me, I think, is. Um, and this is probably an indictment more of American sports than American football. But, um, you know, there's just not an ad put in your face every five seconds. Oh, I don't know if it's like yeah. the advertising yeah. hoardings and stuff, but they don't stop. Take you away oh. from the sport you're watching solely to show you an advertisement. <laughs> I will I, jump. I look, do appreciate that. My reasoning here was, was, look, I find it mind-blowing that the skill sets vary so much from player to player and position to position. You've got linemen who can lift 250 pounds 30 or more times, wide receivers who can sprint 40 yards in just over four seconds. And and look, at any point during an an American football game, you you could see like an athletic feat that you never quite expected. But the one thing that I do love about this sport is that to form a dynasty, it's, it's so damn challenging. You know, the team that is the worst one one season 
can be a champion the next. You know, there is obviously the draft and, of course, the salary cap, which stops one super team from simply just purchasing the best and paying them the most. You know, it's I mean, in the Premier League, you are not going to see a team who finished 17th win the title. Look, Leicester was a unicorn, a beautiful and majestic unicorn, but it doesn't happen often. That's kind of my reasoning for why I love the sport so much. I know this is a... this is a, I mean, you could say but, that, yeah. well, you know, to be fair, you could say that Chelsea this season are going to... We could know, do it. We could do it next we season, could do potentially. It. You know, oh. if you want your American football fix, there you go. Uh, Julian, he's asked, what is the one cartoon character you would add into this Chelsea squad and why? Right. I've actually, I've thought about this um, and I, I'm, I'm correct and I'll tell you why. Uh, so the answer is Bugs Bunny uh, because we've already seen him play baseball. We've already seen him play basketball. He's already a two sport athlete. That's true. So f- Football will be no trouble for him. He's quite he's quite mischievous as well. You know, he could do he could go up to our ownership and be like, "Hey, let let let's just move him to a new stadium." And um, and hear me out, Todd, because that's just tweet tweet something in my brain. Because the CPO will then tell us we can't use the name Chelsea because we've moved. He could go. We could change our name to something like Free Match Day or No Game this week, and just everyone would fall for it. And we just win everything. <laughs> That's brilliant. <laughs> Something like that. Uh, what do yeah, you think, Chris? The, the possibilities are endless. Yeah, they really are. I mean, what do you think, Chris? I would say Scooby Doo. Oh, because what's <laughs> happening? Because what's happening at Chelsea is a fucking mystery, and we need someone to solve it. <laughs> Our new sporting director is Scooby Doo. Uh, what, what? Where are you going with this, Berth? I'll be honest. I'll, I'll stick on the the Scooby Doo. I, I think Fred from. Um, Scooby Doo gang. I think Fred, right? I think he'd be oh. a great dead ball specialist. I think he he could like build a brand around. You could, I think yeah, could be, I could see this. He could be like a David Beckham. Uh, give him number seven shirt. Honestly, oh, I, I just want to see you know the mystery machine roll up to Cobham. Yeah, 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 that would be funny. Yeah. I need to know if Fred has a surname. Oh, he has Jones. There we go. Fred Jones. There that's, you go. I'll be honest, that's disappointing me. I wanted to see that. Fred Jones. We'll, we'll sounds like his granddad. Oh well. I mean Freddie J. That's what we call him. Freddie J. That's a bit oh, Fred. Yeah, that's a bit cool. You know he's quick though, because he's got to run away from those monsters all the time. Yeah, that's true. That's bloody true. Yeah. Um, and you know what? He can spot a fraud a mile away. He'd soon, he'd soon get rid of some of those players. Oh, oh well, yeah, he'd pull off the mask. Yeah, it was but, old man Jenkins uh, pretending oh, to be Ziyech the whole time. Oh, play player manager right there for Fred Jones. Right, with that, thank you for listening to this episode. Treat yourself well because you're legends. You all are listeners. Uh, we've come to the end of another episode. So we'll be back on Friday. Got news, maybe a topic. There's no midweek game because we're not in the Champions League semi-finals. So till then, that will be us signing off. You've been listening to At The Bridge Pod, a Chelsea FC podcast. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram by searching for At The Bridge Pod. And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, leaving us a review is always appreciated.